The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite show from last night, the women's title match between take, uh, Ty Conti versus Hiroki Cheetah plus the AEW TNT title match between Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. Two great matches that were shown last night. That plus some wrestling news and rumors. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Uh... Welcome to another episode of the Chokeland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And today, we're doing it again. You know what day it is. It's AEW Dynamite Review Day, guys. And we're going to go through the show from last night. Uh, we saw two great matches last night. I mean, I think the beginning of the show was pretty good, too. We had... Uh, uh, Hangman Page against Ricky Starks. That match was pretty good. With the exception that Ricky Starks might have hurt his ankle. So you could tell. Um, the AEW Women's title match between Hiroki Cheetah versus Ty Conti. I was waiting when that match was going to happen. And I totally forgot that they did announce it last week that they were going to have it. Um, so that was a good match. That Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy. And this was voted by the fans who wanted to see. Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy go at it. And I tell you right now that I will definitely want to see this match again. Because these two were pretty much, you know, pretty much going at it. And Jungle Boy had Darby in trouble during the match. But again, we're also going to have some wrestling news and rumors stuff that's coming in for this Saturday. This Saturday, we're going to have the Impact Rebellion. We're going to see AEW World Champion Kenny Omega versus Impact World Champion Rich Swan, title versus title. And a lot of people uh, definitely want to, um, you know, uh, check out this match come Saturday. So um, a lot of stuff going on, man. And, I mean, it's. I know that in the past I said that I was not going to be doing two shows during the month of April because I was pretty much wrestled out how much stuff there was going on but i figured you know what every week there's something new and you gotta jump on opportunities the opportunities are here and i'm gonna jump on it so again thanks for everybody who's been supporting the podcast and if you guys want to follow me on social media um the jokes Land wrestling report you can follow me on instagram facebook and twitter which i am most of the time and you can also check out my YouTube channel, The Chokeslam Wrestling Report, which I will be putting tomorrow a new video. As part of my wrestling roundup, I will be talking about this Saturday's uh, mega, mega title match. Uh, champion versus champion, Omega versus Swan. And what is this going to help 
impact or what is the stuff that's going to happen. Uh, so there'll be a video about that. Also, you guys can follow me on the Jonas Podcast Network, the WrestlingJoners.com. I am part of that network. There's a lot of uh, wrestling podcasts in this network. So, again, I'm in there. So I'm pretty much everywhere if you guys want to follow me. Also, if you guys have been noticing on Twitter, those who are following me on Twitter, I have pinned tweet with my wrestling uh, uh, not about wrestling stuff, but my podcast merchandise that I have the shirts and the uh, the hat it's not back hat um, I have a, I had a lot of people already bought some of the merchandise if you guys want to go check it out go to tcwr.veryimpressive.com again that's tcwr.veryimpressive.com for all your Chokeslam Wrestling Report podcast merchandise. So check it out, guys. Uh, and you not only would you help me, but you will help support the podcast. And again, I'm very appreciative of all the stuff you guys done for me as far as since the two-year anniversary coming up next month. So again, once again, um, shout out to all my supporters. Support the podcast, either audio or the YouTube channel. Get right into it, and an AEW Dynamite started last night. Uh, Ricky Stark versus Adam Page. And now, Adam Page is still the number one contender, as you guys know. I love how what AEW is doing right now, they're building up uh, Adam Page little by little, and he's trying to get through everybody until he gets to that mega prize, which is Kenny Omega. Uh, so this match, Hangman was dominating early in the match. I mean, Hangman had a, you know, a huge advantage for as and size. Ricky Starks uh, got at the advantage by pushing Pace by throwing him in the mid, in the middle of the roadway and hit Pace on the throat to take control of the match. At one part, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, I'm sorry, Hangman uh, Pace went for a German release suplex and Starks landed on his neck but yet was able to roll over and land on his feet. It was just incredible. Uh, but then, you know, and this was the way um, Page was doing his comeback. Stark, in some way or the other, during the match, hurt his ankle. He was favoring his ankle throughout the match after that German suplex. And then uh, he hit a sit-down, a Liger bomb on Page for a two-count, four-way avalanche top rope of, of thrown from Page from the top rope. Spears uh, by Starks for a two-count. Page made Starks tap with a bulldog. It was like a bulldog choke. And he grabbed his ankle and made uh, Starks tap out. Um, they, it was just, it, it looked weird because he went for a bulldog choke, but then he grabbed his ankle, and that was the ankle that he returned. So I believe he is hurt because, I mean, later on the night he came in after the Hobbs match, and he came in hobbling from the back. His, uh, I don't know how bad. His uh, ankle, he may be out for a while. So, But after the match, Hook with Taz's son attack Page. Brian Cage comes out. And he looks like he's about to give Hammond Page a power bomb. But then the whole Dark Order comes out for the save. So now it looks like next week it's going to be Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. It's Page versus Cage next week. And this is something that is going to be very, very interesting. Two big guys. Going at it, and this is this is dream matches. 
really think about it, these are dream matches. This is dream matches that uh, I say three years ago when there was no AEW. Um, you wish that these guys would wrestle each other in, in Indies or, or in Ring of Honor or pay show up at Impact, and you'll have those type of dream matches. But you don't have to really worry about that now, right? Because these uh, AEW has both of these guys. Uh, the next match, it was Trent versus Pentagon. Uh, this match was a back-and-forth situation. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, both competitors were just going at it outside, whatever. Uh, Penta hit a destroyer on Trent. It was a nasty destroyer. Uh, and then from there, he took a, a two-count. Uh, but, you know, Trent made his comeback. He hit, the, hit a, a half-and-half for a two-count. Penta hit a backstabber for a two-count on Trent. Penta then this hits a pump handle, which... Trent's head landed straight on the canvas. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. That was for a two count. They both started taking strikes, both guys. But then Trent power drives Penta on the edge. And Penta tries to hold the bottom rope. And he still, he landed messed up. He landed power drive Penta on the edge of the ring. And that was oof. Then um, out of nowhere, uh, Penta gets up. He gets speared by Trent outside. Then Alex, uh, who is the the voice of Penta, gets in the mic and says that tells Trent that his mother sucks. Which then uh, pretty much Trent went after him with a chair. Uh, Alex gets caught by Orange Cassidy, but when Orange Cassidy is ready to grab Alex, he gets super kicked by Penta. Uh, Penta goes after uh, Trent. Trent ducks, but then uh, Alex comes out of nowhere and hits him in the head with the microphone. And then Penta ends up giving him the package power driver and pins Trent. Um, you know, it, this 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 is a match where I see that all the best friends are going to be feuding with the, the death triangle. I mean, Pac, I don't know where he was. He, I think he probably hurt. He went back home. Um, so that right there is something to look for uh, for the next couple of weeks. So I think now next week is Orange Cassidy against Penta, if I'm correct. So, you know, this is build-up. These are build-ups that's going to help the brand. So, then they have Pinnacle interview, and I noticed that Sean Spears dyed his hair black again. He looked at horrible with that blonde hair. It was not it was not meant for him. I don't know if he's trying to be the Barry Wyndham. And the Pinnacle does not look up strong, especially when you got MJ bragging most of the Throughout the whole this whole interview, talk about how he's a 25 year old and this and pretty much he said he was not a mark for Jericho or he's a mark for Jericho spot. Warlow finally spoke, which uh, it was crazy. Um, and it's, it's I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I think I believe that when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the to the uh, pinnacle, I think they're gonna win that that cage match. Uh, at Bloods and Guts to push all of them. Um, and, and it's the interview wasn't great. I, I believe that all it was though was doing was just making MJF this great, this heel. And, you know, he speaks for him for the whole team. It doesn't make the team look good. I mean, it looks like you see the FDR standing there doing nothing. Sean Spears in the background. Tully Blanchard wasn't even there. So, you know that's that that's something that I'm like okay well what is going on here you know um 
and it's not something that, you know, I, I believe that is helping the team at all. But, you know, they supposedly are, you know, ready for this May 5th. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where this is going. But, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And next week, they're supposed to have this meeting one on one with the inner circle, um, inside the ring, face to face. I don't know what's going to happen. But right now, they're not. Uh, they they should be the way I see it, AEW should be uh, putting these guys in matches one on one against each other and pushing the envelope. People getting hurt, people getting you know whatever the case may. They're not doing it right. I I I don't I don't know. To me, these ten man tags and these things are never good. Never good. They got too many factions in there now. Now with this Pinnacle versus. Um, Inner circle doesn't make sense. It should have done a four horseman. And I'm going to keep saying it should have done a new version of the four horsemen with, you know, FTR, uh, you know, FTR, Sean Spear, and MJF, Warlow as the backup. But no, they make it a five man tax with those guys as a six. I, I don't know. Uh, it's not adding up to what it was supposed to. I mean, when they first attacked the inner circle, I was like, okay, cool. Was good. And then when the inner circle returned the attack, Cool, but last week they had uh, Dax Harwood against Jericho, and this week they ain't do nothing. All it is this week was do interviews, and that's it. A lot of talking, no ring matches between individuals. That I feel that that could help the you know the match itself, but they didn't do that. They just had first. Uh, the pinnacle with MJF just talking, 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 talking about how great he is and how he wants Jericho's spot. And then this week we had, and then when it was the pinnacles, uh, not the pinnacles, um, the inner circles turn, they did pretty much the same. So it wasn't, you know, if you're going to build something, you have to build it where you have to have these guys wrestle each other, you know, wrestle each other. And they're not doing that. So we'll be right back. Today's episode of the Jokesland Wrestling Report is brought to you by Pago. Pago is the easiest way for you to, to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Pago. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's potgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, The Chokesland Wrestling Report, in the How Do You Hear About Potgo section of the application. That's potgo.co. And we're back, guys. And we're Continuing to review the AEW Dynamite show from last night. And we're going to start off with the AEW Women's Title Match. Conti, Taya Conti versus Hiroki Shida. And the mat, the beginning of this match, both women went off slugfesting. And the first one who threw the first shot was Shida. And, you know, um, Conti was trying to wrestle you know, without taking cheap shots or anything, but Sheeta just was being 
very aggressive in the match. Um, and both women started surfacing Conti with some double knee strikes on Sheeta. Sheeta started attacking Conti uh, outside the ring. Um, she pretty much uh, suplexed her outside. And then afterwards, she brought her back in the ring and started using a lot of submission moves with bow and arrows. And then had a rear chin lock on her. Conti came back with some doing some judo throws and some punt kicks. Conti hits a senton. While Sheeta was hanging uh, or pretty much laying on top of the turnbuckle. And, and Conti did some crazy move where she did a senton while she stand on top rope and drop her whole body on top of Cheetah when she hung from the corner. Cheetah then comes back, hit a knee strike and a falcon arrow for a two count. Uh, then Cheetah uh, hit a what we call a witch's shot from the top rope. Ty hit the Ty KO by Conti, uh, by Conti, but Sheeta got up on a two count. Then Sheeta hits a sit down pin for a two count. Then Sheeta hits a back break and a Cantana break for the win, and she retains the AEW title. So, with that, Conti is no longer the number one contender. Contender. Now you know that Britt Baker for the last couple of weeks she's been. Uh, pretty much letting anybody know who wants to listen to her that she was going to go and obey with the rankings. And she was going to beat up everybody who she needed to beat. And she'd been wrestling AEW Elevation, Dark. Uh, she'd been everywhere. So Rebecca came out last night and pretty much showed the uh, what we call the rankings. And Ty Conti was number one. Britt Baker was right behind her. And now Britt Baker automatically becomes the number one contender. But right now, it looks like they are setting up a match. And it's going to be Sheeta versus Britt Baker at double or nothing. Then mind you that Sheeta won the belt at double or nothing last year. So she's up to ready for a 365-day reign. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that's very interesting and very impressive if you think about it. Because nobody holds world titles anymore more than a year. I mean, the, the one thing I like about AEW, they don't uh, hot potato the belt, like another promotion that we know. But, you know, that this was a good, good women's match. And, you know, and there's something to watch now to see what the rest of the division is going to do now that Britt Baker is already set up for being the number one contender uh, for that belt, the AEW women's title. And I believe Britt Baker will win that belt because of the what she has shown in the last year. I mean, that wrestling match she had with uh, Thunder Rosa, the broken nose that she had a year ago from Cheetah. So this woman's going to um, pretty much, it's like redemption, because she was one of the first female wrestlers that AEW signed, and she's been through a lot just to get to where she wants to be. They had a Miro interview, and the Miro interview, again, he's saying that whoever has a belt, beware, because he's coming after it. And he, they're pointing at Darby, and they're pointing at Omega. Right now, where is Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford? Since the Arcane Anarchy, they have not been seen. And he keeps asking, where's Kip? He said he doesn't care because he's going to fulfill his destiny, and that is to win a title in AEW. But that's going to be interesting. Shivani then had an interview with the Inner Circle, and and 
pretty much, again, like I said earlier, and I brought it up in the first segment of this podcast, it was just talk, talk, talk. The only thing interesting that it pretty much that I, it really caught me off guard was what Santana said in the interview. He said, it's funny how they were calling out for the best, but they never mentioned them. He's talking about FTR. FTR talking about they're the best in, in, the, in wrestling. But they never mentioned Santana Ortiz as one of the best wrestling tag team in the tag team scene. So with that being said, Santana pretty much called out FTR, but not by name. He said, it's funny how you calling us now, but you were smart because you needed a crew to call us out. Because that's what we do in the street. And he pretty much said that what FTR did was, and I quote, a bitch-ass move. I agree. But, you know, that was the only interesting part from the Inner Circle interview. It was much better than what freaking the Pinnacle interview with JR was. It was just nothing talking, a lot of talking. And, and to me, it's like if you're not going to do nothing in an interview, just brag, brag, brag. Because that's what MJF uh, pretty much uh, interview was, was just him talking. Like, how can these guys put up with this guy? I don't know who's coming up with this, but, uh, you know, to me, I guess it works, I guess, in AEW. The next match was Billy Gunn versus QT Marshall. This match was pretty good. It just... I see where the story's going with this. It's like QT Marshall thinks he's the next Harley race. And he's not... In this match, even in this match with Billy Gunn, he looked like a jobber. He looked like the guy who trying to overdo stuff and he needs his help from his friend. And pretty much Billy, Billy, Billy took out the whole damn factory. He took out Nick Camarado the minute for the match starter, Aaron Solo. And then QT gets drilled outside by Billy Gunn. So, you know, he even gets dropped on the edge of the ring. Billy was in control most of this match. It wasn't until uh, uh, they, uh, QT much took control. It was because Camarado and Aaron Solo attacked Billy Gunn uh, and smashed him against the ring post outside. And then the gun club jumped in, and there was a whole lot, a whole lot of brawl between those two with Billy Gunn's sons and, and Camarado and Solo. And QT with a power driver on um, on Billy Gunn for a two count. Billy started making his comeback, and now it wasn't until Anthony Goko came out of nowhere, interfered, hit uh, Billy Gunn with a bolo punch on his ribs, and then QT hits the diamond cutter for the win. Dusty comes in the ring. He had this weird painting. I thought it was a mask or something. It was painting he had with a bull rope. Uh, in the ring, and then he started wailing on QT, and QT was about to smash a wooden chair over Billy Gunn after the match. That's why Dustin Rowe came in, and so Dustin took that same wooden uh, uh, chair and was gonna was gonna hit QT Marshall, but then Nick Camarado comes in, he gets smashed over the head with the wooden table, uh, with the wooden chair actually, and it doesn't face him. Uh, it was just incredible. And I like what they're doing now. They're making Nick Camarado, who's who's a lookalike of, of a Bruiser Brody, the Barbarian, all combined into one. I like what they did there. Uh, the only thing I don't like about this factory thing is Anthony Gogo. Anthony Ogogo, whatever his name is. 
He just he's a boxer and he really hasn't shown anything. Because last week he wrestled, he punched a guy, hit a bullet punch on a guy, and they stopped the match. So, you know, I I don't know where's that gonna go. I want to see his wrestling skill. You just don't have a boxer with a bunch of other wrestlers and he's just punching people in the ribs and that's it. So Anthony Gogo still hasn't impressed me. Uh I know the Nick Camarado did. And Nick Camarado impressed me when he fought John Mockley a couple of months ago. He and Mockley have run for his money. You know? So that's something to look forward to as it is. The Elite hit a promo. Of course, you had they had their own trailer. We're talking about Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers, and Don Callis, along with uh, Brandon Culler, the own personal camera, and Michael Nakazawa. So the elite, that whole group is big, uh, getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and they were pretty much just bragging about what they've done in the business. Uh, they talk about how they're selling T-shirts and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you Kenny Omega was ready to talk, and all of a sudden, you hear honking. A lot of honking, 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 honking. And next thing you know, they show Eddie Kingston and John Moxley in a pickup truck. And they go and they ram the damn trailer where the elite are. And they come up with pipes and they're looking for the whole group. And they weren't nowhere to be found. So it's going to be crazy because now you're talking about almost five on two. Who's going to be the other next three people who's going to step up and, you know, go at it with these guys? But I'm still waiting for the New Japan or Forbidden Door to open. The only guy who stepped through those that Forbidden Door was Kenta. And he hasn't been seen since he lost to, to, um, to Moxley. I mean, and, and it's something for, for people to start asking because, you know what, it's, it's been a while. And nothing's been happening with this so-called Forbidden Door. You know, Impact guys has, uh, I think, pretty much um, taken advantage of because Finn Jews are the Impact World Champions. But it is what it is. So uh, it's funny because after the, at the interview, John Mossley said that, you know how the elite said that uh, CAF, Christian has, you know what? Well, Mossley called them. Um, Bitch as fuck. I love it. I love it how these people come over. Power Hobbs, Power Hobbs, uh, Power Hobbs, who uh, was facing Christian Cage. I'm fucked up because I don't know why I'm, I lost my frame of thought there. Power Hobbs versus Christian Cage. Hobbs in this match looks leaner than usual. Uh, he over was overpowering Cage. Uh, but Christian was playing mind games with him, but then Hobson started being Cage outside the ring. Cage then, you know, um, Cage started taking over the match, but Hobbs hit him with a spine buster on Cage on a two count. Hobbs got caught in the corner with a bomb, with a, it looked like he was standing in the, in the, in the corner, hovering over Christian Cage. Cage powerbombed him from the second rope, and then he did a, a frog splash for a two count. Hobbs then was mocking Case he had him. All he had to do was do a power bomb and he would have finished him. But no, he started mocking Cage and he got caught. He got hit with the kill switch, and Christian Cage wins the match. Nothing much that came out of that. Uh, like I said, um, I think uh, Starks came out 
and, and again, like I told you, he came out and he was hobbling on his ankle. Um, so I don't know what was that all about, but hey, don't be surprised if it's Christian Cage versus Ricky Starks next week. And it depends if he's not hurt, because I'm sure he got to be injured. The main event of the match of the night was the TNT World. Uh, the, no, I keep saying that the World Champion, but the TNT Championship, which should be called the TNT uh, TV World Champion, but uh. That was the match that everybody was waiting for. Was Jungle Boy versus Darby Allen? This was voted by the fans. Uh, they pretty much wanted to see this match. This match started off. Uh, you know, both wrestlers, uh, like, you know, they were just doing a feel out process. There's chain wrestling going on. It was a good match by both wrestlers. Darby got robbed up only for then Jungle Boy to control him again. Both wrestlers go over the go outside. They both started. Wailing at each other where they fell both us over the railing outside. Jungle then came, Jungle Boy then just grabs Darby and just flings him over back into the ringside over area, ringside area, and then Jungle takes control. Darby then superplex Jungle Boy from the top rope. Jungle Boy hits a Tiger Plus for a two count. This match was great. Jungle Boy with a two pace suicide from the house on the outside on Darby twice. On the second, third one, he jumped over the top rope, landed on Darby. Uh, Darby then then coffee drop on Jungle Boy on the edge of the ring. Luchasaurus and Sting. Luchasaurus, I don't know what he was doing. Luchasaurus helped Jungle Boy get up. Then he went walked over the steps. Sting meet him, met him by the stage area, and they both started fighting with each other. Jungle Boy then puts the snare trap on Darby. It looked like Darby was going to be passing out, and he figured a way to get out of there. And then Darby... Then went a beast jungle boy with a uh, last um with the last supper, which was uh, incredible that he just came out of nowhere for that one, and wins the match. After the match, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky comes in and attacks both Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. Lance Archer comes out of nowhere. Uh, Page and Scorpio then low blows Lance Archer out of nowhere. Sting comes out to save Lance Archer. So this whole thing with Lance Archer and Sting is still. Um, crazy because I don't know. And my roommates just said, told me the, uh, last night after the match that he thinks that Jacob Roberts will get fired by Lance Archer and Archer will take Sting as his manager. Um, I still see, uh, it could be the possibilities, but I still think that uh, somewhere or the other, there's going to be a Lance Archer versus Sting of down the road. And, we may see that, but that that episode there is still iffy. Is still hanging in in the air, so we still got time from here to double nothing to see where it goes. So we will see. We will see what happens after that. We'll be right back after this. Do you remember Lance Von Eric from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric, 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. And we're back, guys. So we got some eight, uh, not eight, watch your neck. I got AEW news. I got other stuff here that, uh, News that has been coming in during the week. Tony Khan explained why he hasn't promoted Impact Rebellion on AEW TV. And that is very, very, uh, you know, interesting question to say because I know Tony Khan comes out every week 
on a pay advertisement for Impact Wrestling. And he has not uh, not promoted anything with Impact Rebellion coming up this Saturday, which will feature the match that we've all been waiting for. And it's Rich Swan, the Impact World Champion versus AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. Now, they did have a commercial last night while the show was airing. But in the in the show, they have not mentioned anything about uh, Impact Rebellion on AEW TV. And um, this is a part maybe they're trying to let Impact know, look, we could do promote it, but you got to do your part. And Impact Wrestling, uh, like I said, they don't promote this stuff. Only in the television uh, television channel. And if you want to be part of this supposedly forbidden door, uh, and really Mike not the only one who's taking advantage of this forbidden door, is Impact. Because Impact has uh, Fit Juice as the world champions, world tag team champions at that. They beat the Good Brothers on the last paper. I think it was Sacrifice. I could be wrong. Uh, but they haven't done anything. Now, meanwhile, uh, David Finley and uh, Juice Robinson, they've been walking around New Japan uh, with those belts. And the last time I saw them with those belts, that's when they were doing the, uh, I believe, was the New Japan Cup tournament. They were going out with those belts. Now, Impact's belts were being shown in Japanese, Japanese shows, and Impact, instead of taking advantage of stuff like that, they don't. So, I don't understand why they're not doing it. And Tony Khan pretty much explained it. You know, he's not, you know, they, they got to do their part, you know. And um, it's not it's not something that, that you know, that he's not going to give out handouts. In other words, that's what he was trying to say. He's not going to give out handouts. So speaking about the Impact World Tag Team Champions, Luke Gallows pretty much explained that Juice Robinson is a star wrestling would have missed out on if he hadn't left WWE. That is something I agree with. He was not happy when he was part of NXT. This was the beginning stages of his career and decided to go to Japan and start all over again as a young boy, as a little young lion. And I remember when I first saw him, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And this is back in 2014. Uh, same thing could be said about David Finley. David Finley, I remember he was doing matches, uh, starting off um, events for New Japan, him and Jay White having matches the first match of the night. like It was like the opening match of the, of the event. It was Jay White and David Finley. Even though between those two, Jay White became, uh, I mean, uh, he's a well-known star, you know, former IWGP champion, former IWGP intercontinental champion. Um, he, he, you know, he, he, this guy has done a lot of stuff, changed his whole game. He's now the switchblade leader of the Bullet Club. You know, David Finley, he started off a little slower than Jay White. But again, Jay White was already uh, a main man uh, when he was in Japan and opening shows with David Finley. He was a main man because of Finn Balor and because of uh, uh, Bad Luck Fale. They knew that he was going to be the next guy joining Bullet Club. David Finley had to go through a little rougher, you know, started little matches here and there. Um, then Juice Robinson and him, they they connected. And they be they former IWDP uh, tag team champions. They beat the Grizzlies of Destiny, probably the best tag team champions in Japan right now. 
Uh, they won the World Tag League. I mean, and I mean, and then Juice Robinson, former uh, IWP United States Champion. So you know, it's if that's not something to tell you that if he had one and not left WWE, he would not be a star right now. And that's the problem. This is the thing with a lot of wrestling fans. They say, "Oh, WWE, WWE is that you know, if you don't make it, WWE, you ain't nothing." Listen, uh, you could be right, but here's the problem: this is a different age, different era. Back then, yes. Now, who wants to come to WWE? You know what I'm saying? When they know they're gonna get buried, they're not gonna get punched. Like it's supposed to. I mean, I heard that, you know, fans talk about, oh, AEW doesn't create stars. But if you didn't watch last night's AEW Dynamite show, then something's wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? They create stars. They push stars. Unlike WWE, who bury stars, you know? And now is they want to want to mess around and open stuff for Alistair Black and stuff like that. And now is when they took the mask off Donovan Dijakovic after Put him in a terrible, terrible uh, faction, retribution. Come on. You know, it's, it's crazy. EZ3, hospitalized for five days due to an infection, says he'll heal. He didn't say what type of infection it was. All he said was that he thought about other people instead of him taking care of that situation, and controlling his narrative. That that's what he put on Twitter. Uh, so he's going to be out for five days. He's due to have a match somewhere in the weekend, uh, on Memorial Day weekend. Um, so EC3 hospitalized for the last four or five days. Uh, again, it says it's an infection. They don't know where the infection is at, what part, where part of his body caught infection. He's not pretty much not uh, even that uh, door open for us to investigate what it is. He did say he hashtag don't call me, don't bother. I'm, I'm sleeping. I, I don't know what that means. But. Diana Perrazzo wants Chelsea Green to land in Impact Wrestling. And I say, why not? Chelsea Green wrestled in Impact Wrestling in the past. So Diana Perrazzo and Chelsea Green both were in NXT. And why not? Impact needs as much woman as they need. They're about to lose Jordan Grace next month. I've not signed her. Now, a lot of people say that she may go to WWE, but we all know. I think she's going to land in um, AEW because you guys remember an interview she had. She said if it wasn't because of the guys of the AEW, Impact would have not recognized her because she was part of an all-out, uh, was it all-in? No, all-in. It was all-in when she was part of a casino battle royal where she was the only female in there. Having a, uh, you know, having, uh, uh, being part of that um, battle royal. She even faced over Bully Ray in the middle of the ring. If you guys go back and watch that pay-per-view of All In, in the uh, beginning of the All In, where they had that big, big battle royal that Flip uh, Gordon won to get a shot at the Ring of Honor World Ch Champion at that time, Jay Lethal, he was in there. Jordan Grace, don't be surprised if Jordan Grace ends up in, um, in AEW, you know? He'll end up in AEW and probably face off with Britt Baker, which I feel that Britt Baker will be the next AEW Women's Champion coming up after Double or Nothing. Uh, no, she'll win at Double or Nothing. Hiroki Shida's reign is coming to an end very soon. 
Hamlin has held that belt for almost a year. Oh, it's going to be a year. Next month. Diana Perrazzo, of course, she needs competition. Diana Perrazzo is one of the best wrestlers that Impact has. She is the world champion, and nobody in that promotion can beat her. So why not bring in Chelsea Green, give Diana Perrazzo a run for her money, and then just build around that woman's division. That woman's division, you know, is, is getting depleted. Nirvana left, I think, what I heard. She left the company. So what is Impact doing? You know, I mean, I talked to my boy, uh, John Rowland from WNR Podcast, and we're about to do a podcast very soon, maybe Monday. And you probably hear it that Wednesday in his podcast. But I don't know what Impact is doing because this is a situation where you thought, well, Impact is working with AEW, New Japan is working with AEW, working with him. It's going to be something big. It's been a dud, just like the explosion that happened at Revolution. Nothing has been happening with this forbidden door. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. Nothing. You know, you have uh, Tamatanga teasing uh, about John Moxley needing help against Omega and his crew. Making things like, well, they're coming, they're coming to AEW. They're trolling everybody. And pretty much, we don't know what is the deal with that. So, you know. Hiroshi Tanahashi, let's talk some New Japan since we brought that up. New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi wants to elevate the never open weight title past the IWGP World Heavyweight title. That's not happening. You're asking for something for a belt and realistically, they weren't even pushing that belt at all until the the Intercontinental belt was now part of the world title uh, when uh, Naido decided to walk around with the being double champion. The secondary title was the open never open weight title. Now it is the secondary title, but not going to get past the IWGP heavyweight title. The, the, the IWGP title ate up the Intercontinental Champion. They, they already, you know, they're already unified. And the never overweight title is not secondary title. So Tanahashi talking about he wants to pass the IWGP. What are you talking about, dude? Like, have you getting hit so many times in your head? Because it doesn't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? You got the overweight title right now. But how long it will be soon before... To someone else to take, you know, I'd be surprised if Great Ocon beat you for it. And they need to change that bell a little bit and clean it up. That bell looks like it's been through hell, and, and you know they, they. And that's the part that I don't like about New Japan. They the bell walks around looking all broken and whatnot, and they don't fix it. You know, it's just I don't, I don't know. It's just that's the way it is. Her Bauer, the owner of Major League Wrestling, announced that there will be live crowds beginning on July 10 in Philadelphia. Now, you know Major League Wrestling right now. There's a lot of things going on in there. Uh, the last episode I saw, I know that uh, Contra Units, uh, Jacob Fatu beat uh, Eggman and the Never Say Never. Uh, Alex Hammerstone should be the next guy for Jacob Fatu, but he's probably got to get past it, the big man from... Uh, Contra Unit, uh, Metrog, whatever his name is. That's uh, a big dude, anyway. So, you know, that's been going on. Uh, you know, Leo Rush has the middleweight championship. And him and, and, Myron, and Myron Reed are going to go at it again for another match. Myron Reed beat just, beat, uh, I think, Davari, I think he beat. Uh, I think he did beat Davari. Davari looks great. A guy who's been in the wrestling business for a while. That guy looks great. Davari was a former... Uh, 
part of WWE's roster back up 2009-2010, something like that. So the Vire looks great. Contra unit still looking strong. They keep adding people into it. Uh, Tom Lawler, you know, he won the Upper Cup. Uh, his team, uh, right now, the Ganeri and Coop just uh, wrestle La Parkas, who are the MLW champion. And it's getting interesting with the Azteca Underground with Sanina de la Renta and the big boss from Azteca Underground and his henchmen. And it's getting crazy because Sanina de la Renta right now has uh, a hold of the tag team belts. Plus, she's managing Min Mortes. Min Mortes just lost to Alex Hammerstone uh, after he took the belt away or stole the belt from Hammerstone after an attack. Hammerstone beat La Park, La Parka. And he got his belt back. So now it's getting interesting. It's getting very interesting. Major League Wrestling is never a dull moment. Uh, so it's it's something I can't wait till they come to New York because I want to go to one of their shows. Um, I, I had a chance to go last year in July, but because of the pandemic, that didn't happen. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of opportunity. Things are opening up. And there could be possibilities. Anyway, that is it for us today, guys. Uh, so that's all the news that I have for now. Not much WWE stuff going on. Nothing much. Well, let me actually know. I got one here that I forgot to mention. And that is what Mr. Um, Kushida wants. He wants to change wrestling the way Ichiro and Otani change baseball. Well, you're not going to be able to do that in WWE. You can't change anything in WWE. Because what the old man says, the old man says goes. And he's trying to be Otani and who else he said? And Ichiro, you're not going to be able to do that. Not at all. I'm telling you that right now. It's not going to happen. And, you know, that's all I can say right now. It's crazy because, you know, I feel bad for these wrestlers who want to make a difference in the business. But they're not going to be, they're not going to allow them. They are not going to allow them. This and Kushida at least won the. It's funny because I just spoke about this a couple of weeks ago where I saw Kushida wrestle, I believe it was Gargano, and he lost the match. But now he happens to be Escobar for the NXT title, so at least he got the title. So if he retires tomorrow, he can say he actually won a, a title in WWE, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, which fits him perfectly because he was a former, I don't know how many times IWGP Jr. had. Heavyweight champion in Japan, but you know, um, but you know, they don't treat Japanese wrestlers good in WWE. With that, guys, this is it. My show is over. Um, again, thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. Again, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Also, follow my YouTube channel, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. You can follow my audio podcast at Apple, Spotify. Um, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and any major audio podcast that you guys like to listen to your shows. So with that, guys, stay safe. It's almost over, I can say. Stay safe still. Wear that mask. Stay six feet apart. And I will see you guys on Sunday.